I kicked off a series last week called Live Free. Encourage you, if you missed it, to jump online, listen to week one. And last week, we learned that looks can be deceiving. You can look free and not be free. You can look free and not live free. And throughout this series, we're studying three areas, three things that rob people from their freedom. But these three areas oftentimes go undetected. These three things oftentimes are not on our radar screen, and yet they hinder, they, they hold people back from their freedom in Christ. And last week, we talked about comparison. And we talked about the comparison game and how it holds people hostage and they're not experiencing a life, a life of freedom because of the comparison game. And today we're going to look at another undetected thing that robs many people of their freedom in Christ. There was an old song that was titled, I Can't Get No yeah, there's some rock and roll folks up in the house today, huh? Yeah, I can't get no. I know you love when I sing satisfaction. Pray for me, church. Pray for me. <laughs> Have you noticed? Because that, that's what I want to talk to you about today. I can't get no satisfaction. And I, I think all of us have noticed that the more you get, the more you want. And the more you want, the more you get. The song goes on to say, I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no, I can't get no. That's a lot of you up in the house right now, huh? I can't get no satisfaction. The more we get, the more we want. The more we want, the more we get. It's like an appetite. The more you feed it, the bigger it grows. John D. Rockefeller was once asked, how much more will it take to make you happy? He replied, just a little more. Just a little more. And we all struggle with this, I can't get no satisfaction. There are so many people who buy into the lie, I will be happy when I get a little bit more, a little bit more. And it consumes them. It controls them. They make bad decisions. They make unwise decisions. They do goofy things because in the inside they really believe, I cannot be happy unless I get a little bit more. There are people that will buy a car and they will drive it for two years or three years or four years or five years. Now, I'm getting ready to say something that's going to shock you. Well, it's going to shock you. But hold on. Stick with me. They'll drive it for five years and the car is running absolutely fine. And they will pull the car into a dealership. And they will pick out a newer car. And they will leave their old car there and even leave more money with the dealer. 
and they will drive off in a new car that did the same thing as the old car did. Now, I, I know you don't know anybody like that. I know that, no. I, it's shocking. I can't get no. There are people that will own a home, and it's a nice home, 1,500 square feet, and, and they get this itch, and, and they will sell that home, and they will buy a newer home that's 2,500 square feet. There are people that will own a home for years. Now, th this will shock you. I know you don't know anybody that's ever done this, but stick with me. They will go into a home that they've lived in for years, and they will go into the kitchen, and they will rip out the floors. They will rip out the cabinets. They will rip out the countertops. They will take the stove out and the microwave out and the refrigerator out, and they go back in, and they put in another floor, and they put in more countertops, and they put another stove in, and they put another microwave in. I know right now you're quiet because you're like, really? People do that? Yeah, they call it remodeling. <laughs> I can't get no. There are, there are people, there are people that buy a phone. And nowadays, maybe many of you are not aware, aware of this. They got these phones called smartphones. You ever heard of that? I know, I know you haven't. They got smartphones. And you can not only text, you can tweet and email and check. Facebook and, and check Twitter and, and you can play games on it. You can, you can do your maps and find out where to drive. I know you, you never heard of it, but they got smartphones. And there are literally people that will buy a smartphone and they'll have it for a year or two. And another smartphone will come out and they will literally, they will go and wait in line all day long. And their phone is working and they'll wait all day long to get another phone. I know you don't know anybody that's ever done that. I can't get no. There are people, there are people, and I know they're not in this room. I know they're not at Midwest City. I know it's not you, but there are people that will walk into their closet. And they got a closet full of clothes and shoes. And they walk in. And they look around for two minutes, and then they declare, child, I don't have anything to wear. And they go to the mall, and they buy a new outfit. I know you don't know these people, but they live on the planet. I just need a little bit more. I just need a little bit more. I just need a little bit more. And you know the interesting thing? The interesting thing is this. Nobody recognizes this in themselves. Nobody does. Right now, I'm preaching right now, and you know what you're thinking? That's good preaching, Pastor. You're talking to somebody. <laughs> I might be talking to you. And the Apostle Paul knew we, we, we had this problem. He knew we had this struggle. He knew we had this dissatisfaction that many would struggle with this. And so he wrote these words, and we're going to study Philippians chapter 4 today. And we're going to study three or four verses today. But I want us to look at verse 12. I'm going to get to verse 10 momentarily. But look with me in verse 12 as I just lay some backdrop for where we're headed today. Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, 
whether living in plenty or in want. He said, I learned the secret. Come on, everybody shout secret. Catch that. I've learned the secret of being content. Paul says this. He says, listen, we can live free. Paul says we can live satisfied. We don't have to go through life living this I can't get no satisfaction. Paul said there's a better way to live. There's a freer way to live. Because Paul knew there were people that would be bound by dissatisfaction. And it would drive them to make unwise decisions. It would drive them to spend more than they make. It would drive them to have multiple credit cards, a MasterCard, a Visa card, an American Express, a Home Depot, a Macy's, a Dillard's, a Sears, and all of them are maxed out. He knew that there would be people because they, that, 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 they, they, they just need a little bit more. He knew that, that there would be people that would have bills due that they can't pay. And so they pay one one month, skip one for two months, and pay it. He knew that people had seen a little bit more. He knew that there would be people who wouldn't be generous towards God. They wouldn't be generous to advance the kingdom of God. They wouldn't be generous to, towards others because they're so driven. They're so, they're so dissatisfied and they bought into this lie. I can't get no satisfaction. We know I'll be happy when I get a little bit more. And he knew, he knew that would drive humanity. And so he said, let me give you the secret, the secret of being content. Today, I want to share with you three secrets to contentment, three secrets to contentment that Paul points out for us in this portion of Scripture. The first secret is this, recognize the difference between wants and needs. You want to be content? Recognize the difference between wants and needs. And Paul understood the difference between wants and needs. Check this out in Philippians chapter 4. Verse number 10, it says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. And the church at Philippi had given Paul an offering for his ministry. And he goes on to say, indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Verse 11, he says, I'm not saying this because I am in need. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I read that and I think, Paul? What do you mean you're not in need? You've been in prison for four years. You're chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. You're on death row and you didn't even commit a crime. You're in a prison cell and you don't have wireless high-speed internet nor a flat-screen TV to watch movies. What do you mean you're not in need. And Paul understood something that the vast majority of us struggle with, and that's he recognized the difference between wants and needs. And friends, we will never be content. We'll never live a life of contentment if we confuse our wants with our needs. You see, there was a time that people's wants exceeded their needs. And nowadays, people's needs exceed their wants. 
Have you ever noticed this? I've noticed this about myself from time to time, and perhaps you've noticed this about yourself as well. Have you ever noticed that you began to need something you didn't even want? You didn't even want that item 20 minutes ago, and now you need it? You ever been there before? It was a month or two ago I walked into Walmart, and I went in because I didn't have my earplugs, my ear, my, my earphone devices that I put in my ears and listen to on my phone. I listen to sermons when I work out, and I, I lost my ear, my earphone somewhere. And so I, I, we went into the store and went to the media section to to buy me some new ones. And as I was in there, I, I began just to look around and trying to find the ones I liked the best. And I looked up and I saw TVs <laughs> lined up all across the wall, big ones big ones. And I looked up and they, they started talking to me. Pastor Herbert. Pastor Herbert. Pastor Herbert. Look. And I went over there and looked at them TVs. My TV works just fine, but I need that one. Come on, you ever been there before? You walked into Walmart, you walked into Target, all you need is some, some bread, all you need is some milk, all, all you need is some cereal, and, and you're just going beelined for the cereal aisle, for the milk aisle, milk aisle, but you saw the TV when you walked, you saw the outfit, you, you, you saw the shoes, you saw the table, you saw the new tool, and you thought, I got to have that. I need it. I can't live without it. Now, 20 minutes ago, you didn't even want it. And now you need it. And it's amazing how we confuse our wants with our needs. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 in verse number 5, keep your lives free from the love of money. And that, that's the issue. It's so many people love money. They love stuff. It drives their life. It drives their every decision. Nothing wrong with you having stuff. But so many people love it, and it controls their life. And he says, keep your lives, notice the word, keep your lives free. You want to be free? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. It's miserable. It's a miserable, miserable place to be, to have more than you need and feel like it's still not enough. It's a miserable place to be when all your needs are met and you live life thinking, I got to have a little bit more to be happy. I can't get no. Number two, there's a second secret to contentment. Number two is this, contentment is not based upon circumstances. It's not based upon circumstances. Check this out in the text. Philippians 4 and verse 11, Paul says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed, because I know what it is to be well-fed, or hungry, I know what that's like as well. Whether living in plenty, having more than enough, I know what that's like, Paul says. Or in want, I know what that like, that's like, Paul said. And let me remind you that Paul didn't write these words while he was sitting in his living room 
in a lazy boy recliner, sipping on Starbucks and watching ESPN. No, 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 no. Paul was in a prison cell, chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day. He was on death row because of his faith. And, and Paul had come to the conclusion that contentment was not based upon his circumstances. I'm in the middle of the jail, but here's what I can tell you. I'm content in every situation. Don't miss this. This truth can set you free. Contentment is not based on circumstances. And I think about the Apostle Paul's life. And I don't think that our trials and our hardships can even compare to what the Apostle Paul faced in his life. The Apostle Paul did not have a life that was a bed of roses. Let me just give you a glimpse into his life and his struggle and the circumstances that, that, that he was in. This will help you have clarity on, on the context from which he was writing from. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23, Paul says, are, this, are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, beaten more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Notice Paul says, let me tell you about my circumstances. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Not one time did he receive 39 lashes on his back with the whip. Five different occasions he was whipped on his back, 39 lashes. The Bible goes on to say, verse 25, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. For those of you who are new to Bible study, he's not talking recreationally here. Um, you'll catch it later, but just stick with me. This was literal, literal stoning. I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've just been on the run, on the run. I didn't really have a place to lay my head. I had to just stay on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. He says, man, I've been in danger everywhere that I've went. People want to kill me. The Gentiles want to kill me. My own countrymen want to kill me. I've been in danger. My life has been in jeopardy and uh, jeopardized on many occasions. People, have, they were close to wanting to, to, to killing me. I mean, look at his circumstances. Verse 27, I have labored and told and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And here's the lesson Paul teaches us. We'll never be content if we think it depends upon our circumstances. Here's how many people live life. I'll be content when fill in the blank. I'll be content when I get, I don't know, Pastor, I'll be content when I do, I'll be content when I get over there, fill in the blank. And so many people buy into the lie, I'll be content when I, and Paul says, no, 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 contentment isn't circumstantial. 
It has nothing to do with your position and everything to do with your perspective. Listen, contentment, it's not external. Contentment is internal. It has little to do with our finances and everything to do with our faith. Listen, if you're not content where you are, you'll never be content with where you're not. Let me say that again. If you're not content where you are, you'll never be content where you're not. I'll be content when I. I'll be content when I. No, 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 no. It's not circumstantial. And the Apostle Paul wrote these words in the same book and chapter, Philippians chapter 4. And in verse number 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always sitting in a prison cell, chained to a Roman soldier. Give me some more slack, Bubba. Give me some more slack. I'm trying to write. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm writing this to you in a prison cell on death row because I want you to understand something, that contentment has, has, has nothing to do with your circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord always. Last week, I taught you three words that we must say every single day, all throughout the day. Three words. How many of you remember the three words? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But I want to give you three more words that you need to practice saying every single day throughout the day. And here's the three more words I want you to practice saying. Praise the Lord. Come on, say it with me. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Says I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what you've blessed me with. I'm thankful, Lord. But, but, but praise the Lord. Says, you know, I'm content. I rejoice in the Lord always. Things are going my way. Praise the Lord. Things are not going my way. Praise the Lord. I'm going through good times. Praise the Lord. I'm going through bad times. Praise the Lord. I ate steak last night. Praise the Lord. I ate hamburger hamper without the hamburger. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because contentment is not based upon my circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again. Rejoice. Number three, the secret to contentment. Number three is this. We must learn contentment. We must learn Contentment. Check it out in the scriptures. Philippians 4 and verse 11, Paul says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Paul says he learned contentment. In other words, contentment is not something that we're born with. Contentment is, is not something that just happens to us. Contentment is not something that you can buy or you can earn or you can find. Contentment is not something that you can get from somebody else. No, 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 no. He says contentment is something that we all must learn. We must learn. And friends, if we don't learn contentment, not only will it stop us from living free, but it can destroy our lives. If we don't learn contentment, 
If we live this, I got to have a little bit more. I can't get no satisfaction. It can destroy us. Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy, and he says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6, he says, but godliness with contentment. Not, not just godliness, but godliness connected to contentment is great gain. Godliness without contentment, that's not great gain. That's not freedom. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who are rich, excuse me, people who want to get rich. In other words, what he's communicating is this, people who live life and they're not content. People who live life and they think, I got to have just a little bit more. He's saying this, people who live life and they have this burning desire, I can't get no satisfaction. I got to have more. I got to have more. He says this, they fall into temptation and a trap. Notice that word, a trap. And into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. He says, for the love of money. That's the issue. That's the issue. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. There is a monkey called the ring-tailed monkey. And the Zulu's tribe has learned how to catch the ring-tailed monkey. And this particular monkey likes seeds in certain melons. And so the Zulu's tribe has learned to put a hole in the melon. And the ring-tailed monkey, because it wants the seeds in the melon, puts its hand in the melon and grabs a handful of seeds. And the hole is just cut big enough for the ring-tailed monkey to slide its hand in, but once it closes its hand, it can't get its hand out. And the ring-tailed monkey will sit there for literally hours holding on, trying to get his hand out. But it's trapped. And all the monkey has to do is let go of the seed. <laughs> and that's how a lot of people live life. Gotta have more. Oh, I gotta have this iPad. Oh, I gotta have this car. I gotta have it. And there's nothing wrong with you owning stuff. But the issue is stuff owns a lot of people, and they love money, and they do foolish things. They spend more than, than they earn. They can't even afford it, but they, they buy it. And I mean, you know, in America, you know, you can't get any more time, but you can get more money. It's called credit cards. I just leverage my credit card. I don't have no more money, but I really do. I can just charge it, and I'll buy it because I got to have more. I'm telling you, I just won't be happy unless I have more, and, and they get trapped. And the Bible says because people love money and they want to get rich and they want to have more and more and more, it says they plunge themselves into harmful desires and they fall into a trap. And people get so trapped in, in the pursuit that they're neglecting their family. And they're not spending the time they should with their kids because they're, they're trapped. And their spouse is dying and needs their attention and needs their emotion, emotional affection. And our spouse is craving for their, but I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I, I got to get a little bit more. I 
got to get a little bit more. The Bible says this, that people will be ruined and even fall into destruction over this, I can't get no satisfaction. It literally ruins people's lives and they they can't get free because it's gripped their life and they're holding on. I got to have a little bit more. It even causes people not to be generous towards God. I mean, there are literally people that say, you know what? You know, pastor, I used to tithe, but I don't tithe anymore. I'm not not doing that because you know what? I got to leverage it on me because I need a little bit more. Pastor, you know, I've I've thought about tithing, and I'm going to honor God, and one day I want to be a dream builder. But, you know, here's what people say. Here's what people fool themselves into thinking. Pastor, I will once I get a little bit more, but not right now because i got to have more. And the Bible says this, that people literally wander from the faith. They wander from God. They wander from church. They wonder from prayer and Bible reading. They wonder from worship. They wonder from the things of God. They wonder from honoring God because they, they, I gotta have a little bit more. And they're, they're trapped. See, pastor, how do you get free? Paul tells us the major secret to contentment. And he wraps it up in Philippians 4.13 by saying, You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. The context of this portion of Scripture, now you can use this Scripture for other things. But I want you to understand the context. The context for this portion of Scripture is not God will give you strength to leap over buildings. It's not The context is not God's going to give you strength to fly like Superman. The context is not God's going to give you strength to go to work and type faster than anybody else. That's not the context. You can use it for that if you want. But the context is this. I realize you struggle with greed, and I realize you're trapped, and I realize you think you have to have just a little bit more to be happy, and I realize you have this desire inside of you that says, I can't get no satisfaction. And I realize culture is pulling you and society is pulling you and people are pulling you and you have this desire inside of you. I got to have just a little bit more. And Paul says this, I know that you can be content. And here's how I know, because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. The world may pull one way, but you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Strength. Contentment will only come through Christ, through a vibrant relationship with Jesus. God, I want you more. Things are pulling, but I want you more. I'm not going to be a slave to anything else except for you. I want you more. I'm not going to be trapped by anything else except for your love and your goodness. I don't want anything else. I can do all things through, through you, Jesus, who gives. Who gives.